0: Recording in progress. Patrick, welcome to the uh, August sixth edition of the UPMA National Presidential Conversations. Uh, once again, I'm joined by uh, the president of the Oregon chapter, Patrick Fisher. Good morning, or good afternoon, I guess it is now for us. Probably still morning for you. Hey, Patrick. Hey. Glad so, to topic of conversation today, we're going to um, we want to talk about the Legal Defense Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some. Uh, well there's always been some miscommunication i think i I want our members think our defense fund is certainly what um other associations may talk about our defense fund so um i thought we'd take this minute to um just just to go through our legal defense fund but i i got a question for you you're you're a chapter president Mm -hmm. um you know how often do you come into contact with um our chapter member representation program that ends up leading to the adverse action legal defense fund.
1: Um, not very often so far in my state. Luckily, um, we're not having too much uh, of that activity. I have had a couple of cases that have gone that far, but uh, generally, we 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 handle them fairly early on and handle it at the
0: CMR level. And okay, um, can you can you see now the UPMA website? Yes. Okay. So I brought the UPMA website. Anybody can get on this. this. isn't even behind the firewall. This anybody can get on and have a look at our legal defense fund um, plan. And I would proffer to say that you come into contact with CMR work way more than you do adverse action Correct. work. One could lead Correct. to the other. Right. So we have a scenario, somebody in Oregon gets called, their, 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 their prune just called and says, I got to go for an investigative interview. They call you. What do you do?
1: Yeah, and I actually had a case recently within the last month where um, somebody gave him my name, um, we signed him up right there, and then that morning, and um, like a half hour before their investigative interview, and I represented him in their investigative interview. Sure.
0: So so I think the first thing we got to do is to find, you know, there's a couple of different things going on here. So we have chapter member reps. Uh, Yourself, I'm a chapter member rep, back in Illinois, qualified as a chapter member rep, and the chapters do the, I would say, 99% of our representation work, which is investigative interviews, hand-holding through that process, making sure that the the pooms are, are following the process, everybody's getting their due process rights, the interview's done correctly. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I think most of that is us making sure our members don't um, uh, overshare <laughs> in the... <laughs> In the investigative interview, but once the discipline's issued, if it's a letter of warning or a seven-day suspension or a fourteen-day suspension, you would handle all that yourself as president, right?
1: Correct. Along with any, um, if I had to um, handle any situations before they got to investigative interview level, um, you know, if there's a issue going on between a, an impu and a, and a member, and then I could step in and have a conversation with that impu on their behalf, try and come up with a solution. So before we ever can get to that point. Um sure. obviously, we like to get to the, you know, we don't want to
0: have to go through the investigative interview process if we can resolve it before that. So you're talking about workplace environment stuff, pay Correct. benefits, you know, Correct. hey, I didn't get I didn't get this time off. I didn't get this thing So yeah, so you're constantly doing chapter member rep stuff that isn't even to do with representation as far as discipline. right. And we don't have a disciplinary defense fund. that's the first thing I want to want to point out. Um, in the marketplace, we're unique. We do not, we do not assess a fee or have a fund that is set aside for just disciplinary defense. Um, we don't do that. The chapters bear the majority of that cost, up to and including suspensions of fourteen days or less, which I am seeing more and more now. Fourteens have to, seven should, but even letters of warning now. People offering uh, mediation. Um, so you know. So I I went to several mediations when I was president in Illinois. Um, and got 14-day suspensions either removed or mitigated, lowered down. Um, it's an opportunity in the 650 process to um, to actually have all the parties in a room and they discuss the issues and you and and you get it mitigated. That all falls under chapter member representation.
1: Correct. And I have done 650 mediations as the chapter right. member right here in Oregon, right. uh, representing uh, different members in different uh, you know CRDO and and in other. Uh,
0: Sure, I've I've done it. I've done it for postmasters. I've done it for supervisors. I've done it for um, you, you know people that work for the district, um, area personnel. You know, and right. it's basically the mediator, you, the client, um, and whoever issued the discipline. And you guys trying to come up with a solution. Um, but none of that is adverse action, right? right. It's all right. disciplinary. So mm-hmm. just dispel this rumor for start. Rumor number one. <laughs> What do you have to, in order to qualify for that kind of services from UPMA, how long do you have to be a member?
1: Uh, you have to be a member. That's it. That's it. That's like it. I said, I had one the other day that a half hour before their investigative interview, they signed up. Right. I, I signed them up. It's free for a year. So there's no cost to the to the member at that point. Um, we just ask that they sign up so that, you know, as we represent them, they're getting the information and, and they're a member and, and going forward. I mean, as we know, in 650, they have the representative of their choice, but as you know, as you, maybe we would like you to at least sign up and and we'll be, you know, a member so that we can represent you.
0: Correct. And like you said, a lot of CMR work's done prior to anything to do with investigative interviews. I'd say a vast majority of it is done in having relationships with district managers and mm-hmm. uh, people on the plant side or in uh, in transportation. Um, where we already have that relationship, when we're stopping things from happening in advance, so you know, value of membership is is immense. The point is, we don't we don't tell a member, no, we're not going to represent you. If you're a member, you get representation. Period. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, and so the cut there is a cutoff, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit um, for adverse action, and so that's when I want to show, I want to go over here to the adverse action legal defense plan. Um, anybody can look at it. Um, You know, we're committed to represent membership in all areas, including adverse action. So an adverse action is uh, a suspension of 15 days or more, a downgrade, involuntary downgrade to a lower level, or removal from the post Those three very distinct things. Letters of warning, seven-day suspensions, 14-day suspensions or less, all handled by the CMR, all handled by the local chapter generally. and free of charge, okay? So, so let's use this scenario, this mythical scenario that we had where the guy called, um, called you in the morning and in the afternoon, you're in an in investigative interview. Turns out it's a serious offense. Um, employees put on emergency placement um, and it, and a month from now is issued um, a, a removal letter. Um At what point do we start... Um, at what point would you stop representing that person?
1: Uh, well, at that point, I would probably turn that over to our adverse action uh, counselor, who's, who's somebody with, a, they're usually assigned to a number of chapters. They've got a lot of experience in that. At that point, I would turn it over to them. Um, and they're going to handle any of the adverse action. Like you said, anything that's 15 days or more, reduction in pay, reduction in grade or removal case. <clears throat> in which case, they're not going to take over that case and and help um, help the member. Not that I wouldn't, if I had a case and had things, I mean, those people are available to us. We would we consult with them all the time on how we should proceed forward on certain cases. But officially, I would turn it over to them when it became an adverse
0: action. Right. And we don't know it's going to be an adverse action when we go to the um, investigative interview. So right. adverse action counselors don't go to investigative interviews very much, if ever. Right? That's CMRs. Right. That's our trend right. CMRs. Right. The point at which we bring an adverse action counselor in or a lawyer, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit, would be after the discipline, You know, the, the adverse action is issued, mm-hmm. And I've had cases both ways. I'm gonna stop sharing this for just a second. I've had cases both ways where at that point, the adverse action counselor says, send me the file, I'm gonna take it from here. And I've had cases where the uh, the CMR in the chapter has, has, has while they're consulting with the adverse action counselor has taken it forward. Usually the next step then would be, um, uh, a 650 mediation where our recommendation always is you go to 650 mediation so let's say for instance i'm your adverse action counselor you give me a case it's a 30-day suspension and you're experienced enough i'm gonna say you know what you go you go to what's we're going to get the 650 mediation and you can go to the 650 mediation how many of those have you been to um probably three or four mediations now they're all you know zo- <clears throat> excuse me they're all zoom meetings now which <laughs> is a little unfortunate thank right but- but yeah. it is what it is. And right. what does that cost the member when you do that? Uh, it doesn't cost them anything. Zero dollars for you to go to the zero meeting. Dollars. There's, okay. there's zero dollars. There is zero cost. Okay. And, and, you know, somebody's paying for that, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's paying for your travel or your time. If, if yeah, and anything. I
1: have gone, you know, and I have gone before where I've had to actually go to uh, drive uh, two or three hours to go to a 615 mediation hearing. And, now, one of my first ones I did was like a three hour drive away.
0: Um, and, and Oregon there. bears that cost. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you go to the mediation and it's nobody's going to agree. And you you hear that horrible little thing you got to fill out, say, we didn't agree. Um, And then you appeal it to the issuer. Right. And I say, as my adverse, as the adverse action counselor, go ahead, Patrick. You can appeal it to the issuer. So (laughs) you would appeal it to the issuer. How much do we charge the member for that? Uh, Zero. Zero dollars. So it's an adverse action and they just joined up. And right now you are appealing, uh, let's say a removal to the issuer, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then you get the denial at that point. Then there's an appeal to the deciding official. Correct. Right? At that point I say, Hey, you know what? Send the file to me. I'm going to take care of it. So I make the final appeal. I have the, the, uh, um, wherewithal to make the final appeal to the deciding official and I get a good decision on a, let's say it's not a removal. We're going to end up with a 14 day suspension for a year, put them on their file, maybe give them some retraining, done deal, taking care of the deciding official thinks that's the appropriate um, remedy for this. How much did that cost, UPMA member? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. You've mm-hmm. been through the CMR, chapter president, experienced CMR. You've been through an adverse action counselor, most of who have 30 plus years of dealing with this kind of thing. You're a brand new member, it's cost you no money. Correct. Now let's use a different scenario. You've been a member for 10 years, same scenario. Adverse action counselor gets to the deciding official, the deciding official says, Nope, we're not, you know, it, I'm upholding the, the decision of the issuer and you are going to be removed pending whatever date there was put a 30 day caveat and so on. So then what happens?
1: Well, in that case, then uh, you would go to the MSPB, um, appeal on that. And then you'll be going to the, obviously after the the adverse action counselor has handled that and gone to that point, and now you're going to appeal to the MSBB and a lawyer needs to get involved at that point. Sure. And we have a lawyer. Correct. And then the the member would put up a $3,000 retainer as 25% of the initial uh, cost. Um, And then beyond that, uh, there's no other charge to that member. Do
0: you know where we came up with that $3,000 retainer?
1: I think it's what it's about. The average cost is about $12,000. So that's about. We,
0: we study these all the time. The average cost of going to MSP, we don't calculate the cost of CMR work or adverse action counselor work, all that. That's all in our regular budget in our general fund Uh Um, paid for out of dues, obviously for, for that, either it's chapter dues and we split the split the dues, whatever the chapter spends, whatever national spends that comes out of the general fund up to that. When we send it to our Adverse Action Legal Defense Fund, and I really want to make this point as clear as possible. There is no other organization that represents managers that has an Adverse Action Legal Defense Fund. They have a disciplinary defense fund, and we're going to show the comparison here in a minute, a disciplinary defense fund, and there's a waiting period to even have access to that, to regular representation, even have access to that, and they don't have a legal defense fund, so there is no lawyer. They consult with a lawyer if you end up at MSPB, but the lawyer does not come with you to MSPB. Our lawyer comes with you to MSPB. Right. And, the th- and the average cost to UPMA over the last, I want to say 10 to 15 years of cases, because we kept our lawyer uh, when we merged, um, over the last 10 to 15 years has been $12,000. We spend as, a, as an organization, UPMA, about $12,000 on, on average on a case. The organization's feeling is about 25% of that cost, that initial average cost should be borne by the, uh, by the appellant mm-hmm. to get a lawyer. There's a couple of reasons for that. First off is it separates the wheat from the chaff. So if everybody had access at, 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 for an infinite amount of money, for an infinite amount, amount of time, the amount of people that would not take deals at seven day or 14 day or uh, you know or forget 15 day and above understanding that it's not going to cost them anything to go to mspb you can present somebody with a real uh, a great deal and it does happen um mm-hmm. and then say okay well you've got two choices you don't want to take this deal we've got to to mspb it's a three thousand dollar retain, and that um that then means that going forward you're bearing out of the first twelve thousand you bear twenty five percent of the cost so if the right. case only costs ten grand. you only spend 2500 right. Now, when that case is over, generally, and this is really generally more than half the time, the employee is put back to work. There's some form of back pay if they ever were on no money. And we can sue for, for court costs if there's an MSPB decision. Right. Uh, when that money comes back in, it also goes back to the member. And it's so, pro-rated, if
1: I understand correctly, correct,
0: right? Correct. Like we just had a case. It was, I think the whole case cost hundred, close to $100,000. We got $50,000 back from the service for um, uh, attorney's fees. And so 1,500 of that was returned to the member. Well, it cost us 50, them 1,500. Because remember, you only pay 3,000 for the first 12. After that, UPMA picks up the rest of the money. And here's the thing, and I'm going to bring this, bring this next slide up here. Here's the thing with, with that is um, that that's a lawyer. So this shows, and we've we publicized this quite a bit, there's a couple of different um, entities that can give you legal defense or disciplinary defense and how they pay for it. We have no time to qualify. There's no, um, there's no waiting time. So as you said, you can be driving to the, to, to the actual investigative interview. Yeah, standing in the hallway outside, fill out this 1187 right. we we'll walk inside. Right, so investigative interview. Now, NAPS, they're advocate, but you have to wait 90 days. You join up today, you're not a NAPS member and you've been in EAS for longer than 60 days. You join up today, You can't get anybody to represent you for the first ninety days,
1: right? And as you point out on your chart, there, it's part of my dues is paying for that every month.
0: Correct. Now, it's actually
1: in in their bylaws that it's thirteen dollars a year.
0: Everybody's paying. Correct. Now, one could argue, you know, we do a similar thing, right? We don't have a fund; we do it out of the general fund. So, a particular portion of your money is going to pay for services, right? Whatever those yeah. services are. And part of that is the CMR part. Yeah. But that's at the most of that is at the chapter level. So I'm not sure how they disperse this money or how they pay. Um, but I got all this information from their disciplinary defense fund plan and from actually from their recruitment packet when it talks about when you qualify. Um, and we've had some discussions internally over the years about, you know, people joining and us representing them straight away. Um, you know, it, it's a bone of contention with some people. UPMA UPMA feels that it's a good enough service. You know, most of our members join up for the insurance. Um, uh, we don't want people to wait because there is there is a qualifying time. When we talk about going to the lawyer, and I that's why I use the example. Your example, you're, you know, in, in Oregon, you sign up today, investigative interviews this afternoon. 90 days from now, you're removed from the service. Uh, you are not qualified for the lawyer for our legal defense fund, because you have to be For us to, assist, to
1: assist with that. For, for us to assist with that.
0: Correct. Exactly. That's true. You can still, Tamika yeah. takes a lot of cases from us for people that, a lot, I not want to say a lot, but she takes, I have never heard her turn down a case where we have referred a member who's been a member for less than a year uh, to, to this case. And it doesn't happen that often. It really doesn't. The last two um, that I heard, that I heard of, it was actually, and this is a year between you joining the organization and the issuance of the removal. Right. So, which coincidentally coincides with the fact that you're getting a year's free commission. Correct. Admission. Correct. Now, uh, so, so for the first year when you're not paying dues, you get all the rest of this benefit of our, I don't want to call it, but anything, this is all disciplinary, right? And then this is adverse action. You get all of this, you get the adverse action counsel, you get the CMR, you get the appeal. You'll get somebody with you in mediation, the 650 mediation. You'll get somebody to appeal to the issuer and to appeal to the deciding official. The only point we ever tell a client, a UPMA member, that, hey, it's, it's, time, to, it's time to get the retainer ready for you've, you've, you. The deciding official has upheld your adverse action. We're going to MSPB. That's when you bring the, the $3,000 up. And the only time the year ever comes in is if you didn't join within a year of you being issued the adverse action. Right. And it very rarely happens. Very, very rarely happens. Now, here's the other thing that we want to talk about real quick. UPMA picks up the rest. So here's that average 12,000, right? The 3,000 being 25% of the 12,000. We have, I don't want to say many, but we have several cases currently on the books that cost a hundred grand plus we don't go back to the to the member for any money we don't increase that three thousand. upma bears the cost of the lawyer's fees for that month and i would say close to 50 percent of the time we're successful and more than 50 percent of the time we're successful in defending our member so they don't end up being adversely acted against in the same um, to the same level as they were by the deciding official but if it goes to mspb we can then ask for the money back. So we t- a lot of the time we get some of this money back as well. Um, NAPs in their own- Weren't
1: you even told me a case recently
0: that we didn't even go to the final decision. Correct. We got settlement and Correct. included the attorney's fees. We just had a $50,000 case where um, it, it was, uh, and I can't go into specifics obviously, but um, the deciding official kind of had a deal. We kind of had a deal with the deciding official. And then eventually the deciding official, was well, this their right? Said, no, I'm going to uphold it. We're going to remove this person. We got in front of the lawyer, our lawyer gets in front of their lawyer and they start flicking through the case. And between the two of them decided that this they'd made the appeal to MSPB. They had a date booked for the hearing. They were, they were deposing people, the whole nine yards. The two lawyers said, you know what, that was a good deal. And they went back to the deal that the deciding official ultimately um, declined And they instituted that deal and we got, it wasn't all, about 50% of our lawyer's fees back. So for argument's sake, that was a $100,000 case. We get 50 of it back. Our member got 1,500 of their part of the 25% of the first 12,000 because it's prorated, right? They got that back. Plus they got back pay. Plus they got reinstated with the postal service. So they weren't Harmed at all, really, after this whole process, except they had 1500 $1, dollars into a fifty thousand dollar bill, right? And so, so the idea that as soon as you get in trouble, UPMA is going to charge you three grand, and while you're worried about losing your job, you got to come in the street. grand. We don't even ask for that. Everybody's made fully aware of it on day one, when the when the um, when the adverse action is issued. Um, We walk the member through exactly what could happen and we don't even come for it until we employ the lawyer. Um, The other important part I wanna point out here, MSPB. NAPS doesn't even have a lawyer who goes to MSPB. Um, You've read their their bylaws on it. They're a little vague on the legal advice, right? On exactly- Yeah, it it actually says in there that it uh, it may or may not uh, be a lawyer and there's no requirement um, to have that. Well, it, in ours, when you get MSPB, when you get past the appeal process, and very often I've had, if it's a if it's a big case, um, I've had the lawyer do the 650 mediation, do the appeal to the issuer. We've had the lawyer go all the way back and do that if it's a big enough case um, and complicated enough where we don't feel we're we're blessed with the the level of adverse action counselors and CMRs that we have and how well they're trained. Um, but we have had lawyers in the past. I want our lawyer that represents us. Um, go all the way from from the issuance um, and have it every step of the way. Um, so the the other thing is they do have a lawyer. They do have a legal firm that um, I would say advocates is not the right word. Advises that's the word I'm looking for at this level. Um, I I was uh, um, I was when when I was in Illinois, there was a uh, a national vice president from a from a neighboring um, state. There was, a, there was actually a postmaster, was a NAPS postmaster and represented himself at MSPB. Um, I saw the docket come down. I, I get emails from all those dockets and actually was self-represented at MSPB. And he was a national vice president of NAPS, did not have a lawyer with him at SP, MSPB. You can be a one year and one day member of UPMA in whatever capacity, if you end up going to MSPB and the case is strong enough that we're gonna appeal it for you, um, all the way to MSPB and we haven't made a settlement before that, you're going to have a, our lawyer standing next to you when that happens. Right. Uh, and so they don't even have that. They even right. cap their own expenditure at $3,500. So that's... Yeah, reading
1: that on their, their authorization form, it, it talks about 3500 and if you do addition, you know, uh, authorize additional fees and expenses, you're personally liable to the provider for those additional expenses. Correct.
0: So So that's a little bit like if you're only a member for less than a year for us, right. That we get you all the way to where we, Hey, we're going to, you know, we got to hand you off to the lawyer. You can use the lawyer, but you, you're, you're you're eligible for you're, you're, you're liable for all the expenses. Our legal defense fund does not pick up those expenses. So um, it, it's a different system. It's a different, I'm not saying it's bad necessarily. It's just no. a different, way. No. Just a different and, way. Right. And we've talked about this. Um, most of the advocates are NAPS members all the way up. UPMA certified chapter member reps. We do classes every year, two or three, four times a year, to continuously certify chapter member reps on how to handle an, uh, um, an investigative interview, how to mitigate letters of warning, and so have you. Our adverse action councils deal constantly with the service on adverse action, um, on removals. They, they're, they're seasoned. They, you know, it's hard to get on that committee. And once you're on it, it's an appointment for life. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I, I would stack their expertise up against, um, any NAPS advocate. Our lawyer is an MSPB expert attorney. It's on contract with UPMA. We have an actual contract. Um, Tamika Sykes, I think she's in Atlanta. I want to say San Antonio, but I think she's in Atlanta. Um, and she sends me, um, as a national president, I see her bills every month um, where she's dealing directly with cases. NAPS doesn't have that. And she is with you every step of the way when it comes to um, adverse action. So I think we've we've established the difference in the two systems. Um, mm-hmm. and, and at this point, I just want to say to anybody who's thinking about joining a management association, they both have value. Um, the, the the idea that one is better than the other or you know, it's horses for courses when I was a supervisor I was in NAPS um, 100% as soon as I became a postmaster I um, I joined the postmaster associations as well um, the Elm gives you the right the, the Postal Services Employee and Labor Manual gives you the right to have the advocate of your choice at any point so you, you know it, it's you know ironically I mean you could be anybody isn't going to be a postal employee yeah, we that, no, yeah, it, true, and we feel that our system um, is is set up where that you're going to get the best possible representation all the way through. If right. and I got to point this out too, we have close to fifteen thousand active postal employees who are members of UPMA. so that are potentially liable to have this happen to them. On average, we have about fifteen cases at any one time. So when we get to uh, adverse action cases and we have thousands of letters of warning and, and workplace environment stuff that we deal with, but there's about and every, uh, sometimes it's 17, sometimes it's 13. Um, it, it's about 15 active cases. So it's a one in 1000 chance. You're even going to get to this level just on basic math of members to, um, you know, to, uh, to get to the MSPB appeal level. So. I think we've dispelled any of those um, any of those rumors. If anybody has any questions, you know, get gets back to the website, um, understanding that you know you can contact any one of us and you can join. Um, and as we wrap up here, is there anything you want to?
1: Well, there was one other thing, and it was brought up and and recently um, that that we pick and choose what cases that we decide. Um, which I found kind of interesting because in their own bylaws, the other organization says they're not obligated to defend each and every member. Um, right. So what would be some scenarios that you would see that we would not uh, move forward with a case for somebody? Never seen
0: one. Okay. Never, uh, never seen Criminal charges, we don't, we're not. A I, well, so, so I, I'm glad you brought that up. First, first of all, we're not a closed shop and we're not a union. So right. the language that we're not um, obligated to represent everybody just by virtue of who they are is more to do with that than it is to do with um, picking and choosing cases. The, um, the 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 advice I give everybody: if it's a criminal case, if you've stolen something, um, you know, it's a criminal case. Uh, we will deal with the administrative side of it. So if you get discipline or adverse action, you know, we can deal with the administrative side of it. But the criminal side of it, we're out. We are not criminal defense attorneys. We do not want to. We don't venture into that realm. Um, so we would decline to represent if, if you've committed a crime. It actually says that on the form, if you've committed a crime. Um, the only other time that we've ever had a case, and the reason the language is in there, that's part of the reason for the, for the, for the, um, the, 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 the members part of the pay, is if we're negotiating good faith and we get a good faith offer, to settle your case as, a, as an adversely acted upon member, um, the only ever time it ever goes to the National Executive Board to look at is if the lawyer says, this is the best deal we can get. And the client says, no, I want to go forward. I think I can beat it. I think I can beat it. And the lawyer says, if we go ahead, the chances are we're not going to get as good a deal as this or any deal at all. And you could lose your, that's the only time the National Executive Board has ever stepped in and said, no, we're going to take the deal. Um, we're not and,
1: that's, and that's the minister. That's the entire national board. And I know when I was Correct. on the national board, we actually had one of the, a similar, you know, a case where we had to a couple Correct. of them we had to meet as a board, the entire board. We discussed the merits of it and then came to a decision as a board, not just one person, uh, entering it and we're making that decision. It's, it's actually a board decision,
0: so it's it's the entire national board. Correct. And it's not deciding in advance who we're going to represent or who we're not going to represent. No. This is we've gone all the way through the process. You got somebody in an investigative interview. You did the the 650 mediation. You did the appeal to the issuer. You did the appeal to the deciding official. It's gone to the lawyer. The lawyer has met. Maybe we've even been to MSPB at that point. And now we've got an offer from the from the service. And the lawyer who has to act, and here's here's what's important. Even though we're paying the bill, the lawyer has to act in the best interests of their client, and is is legally and met or morally and ethically obligated to bring any deal that they get to their client and their client has the right to decline that offer. Right. Right. And the lawyer has to continue to, um, to represent them. If the, you know, even against their best interests. if the the client says, no, I want to go forward, the lawyer is obligated to go forward. The reason they come to us is because we're footing the bill at that point. At that point we decide, Hey, if you want to go forward, the rest will pay our bill up to this point. Anything beyond this is on you, just as we would if you were in, the, in your first year. We suggest, strongly suggest you take the deal. It's happened in 15 years. It's happened twice. And the deals were better both times than anything we would have got at SBB. So the idea that somebody would sell that to, to EAS for a reason not to join UPMA, well, they just pick and choose who they, who they represent, couldn't be further from the truth. You still get exactly the same representation all the way through. And it's just when you get an offer, if it's a good offer, and our seasoned lawyer says it's a good offer, and they try and get you to talk, talk you into it, if you're going to continue to spend our money, right? Mm-hmm. Either you take the offer or you don't. Doesn't happen a lot. Most of the time, the, the member is very happy to take the deals we get. Most of the deals we get are great deals, um, probably better sometimes um, than, than we could hope for. Um, right. so that's the only time we've ever we, we don't pick and choose who we represent up front every now and then we do reserve the right and it's a smart thing to do because these cases can drag on for years and years and years and once the three thousand dollars is out of the escrow account we spent more than twelve thousand dollars on the case now the the client has zero has zero responsibility for it. they can go forward as long as they want as long as we foot the bill so right. there has to be that break there but it's not a case where Patrick calls from Oregon. Hey, Ed, I've got this case. And Ed looks at him and goes, oh, we're not representing that person. That's right. never happened. Never could happen. Never would happen. So,
1: um, no. And, and, and that's, yeah, uh, we, uh, again, you know, and maybe that lawyer, they're obviously a professional and an and experience in this. And they may say, you know what, we're going to move forward. I think as we can get a better outcome, we think it's a strong case. Right. So
0: we, we wouldn't have- even hear in that case. Right. We, we trust Tamika explicitly to, um, to decide whether or not uh, a deal is a good one and to negotiate the best she can for our member. And sometimes the members are, are, are anxious to get back to work too. And they take deals that maybe I personally wouldn't that's between them and Tamika. Tamika's is their lawyer. They're the client. Um, but it is an important, important point. You bring up that, uh, um, we, the idea that we pick and choose the idea that, so let's dispel the rumors. Last, first and foremost, we don't have a disciplinary defense fund. We have an adverse action legal defense. fund. Right. What NAPS calls a disciplinary defense fund, you get day one for the UPMA membership all the way and to, up to and including the deciding official for adverse action. If you get an unfavorable response from a deciding official for adverse action, our adverse action legal defense fund kicks in. And if you've been a member for more than a year, you put in 3000 we pay the rest. It takes it all the way to MSPB with a lawyer. You don't see anybody from UPMA after that, ever. You're talking to the lawyer. She right. does the work for us. She's on contract for us. We take care of all the bills. Uh, and that's the end of it. So there is no $3,000 up front as soon as you get in trouble. The only people that pay 3000 are the ones that get a bad decision from a deciding official um, all the way through. And the only people that are excluded from access to that lawyer funded by us, as if you've been a member for less than a year. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Makes it a good reason to sign up now. And when you get your Correct. free
1: year, by the time you start paying dues, now it's like insurance. Now you're paying that's, for legal yep. insurance
0: in a way. And, and, and it's way. Exact, exactly what I tell people. Why would you wait? Sign up now. It's free for a year. By the time you start paying dues, God forbid, you have a piece of adverse action against you. Now you're in. You don't want to wait. So we will end on that. Um, go to unitedpma.org, click the Join Now button. Um, join our ranks—we're growing exponentially the last couple of years. Um, we have a good product. We want to add your, um, we want to add your membership to our collective. Um, we're stronger together. Um, you have this, this. This is not unique in the UPMA fold. Um, we have—we are the premier management association. We have the premier legal. We have the only legal defense fund. Um, but we have the premier. Um, representation up to and including adverse actions. So um, with that, we'll leave it there. Thanks for your time, Patrick, and I'll you. catch you next time. All right.
1: Thanks a lot.